Welcome to the Brandon Bloom Podcast, the place to be to learn how to grow your business's visibility online organically. I'm your host, Liz Fleming. Let's dive right into this new episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Brandon Bloom. I'm especially excited for this episode because I'm bringing on my very first guest, and the wisdom she's about to drop is unfreaking believable. The woman is a legend and my personal superhero. Her name is Mary Morosky. Mary is the founder of the Children's Legacy Partnership, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that is working to help break the cycle of poverty for for children and families by supporting education and career opportunities in at-risk communities in the U.S. and developing countries. Mary is also a full-time teacher of the fifth grade up in Vermont, where she currently resides, and when she's not in the classroom enlightening young minds, she's pouring her heart and soul into her worldwide work with the Children's Legacy Partnership. I know this from experience because Mary is also my mom. (laughs) I wanted to have my mom on the podcast today for two very important reasons. One, for my listeners to learn more about the power of giving and the incredible impact it can have on your business and marketing efforts. And two, for my listeners to experience firsthand the critical and urgent need for their support of those here at home and in those developing countries that CLP works with who are experiencing the devastating effects of COVID-19. The Children's Legacy Partnership, along with its community of supporters, is going above and beyond to help those who need it most, and I want you to hear more about that in today's episode as well. So Mary is here to share her story and those updates with us. Hi, Mom. Hi. Thank you so much for that introduction. It always (laughs) means even more when it comes from somebody that you know and love. (laughs) Aw. Well, happy Mother's Day. (laughs) Um, So I guess just to start, why don't you tell us a bit more about the Children's Legacy Partnership and your role, like how you got started? Sure. Well, I had always wanted to take a trip to Uganda. And so about 10 years ago, I had the opportunity to travel on a service trip with some teacher colleagues of mine uh, that worked with an organization called the 52 Kids Foundation. And so we went to Kamuli, Uganda, and I saw things that I never thought that I would see in this lifetime. My friend Colleen had said, you are never going to believe, you know, every time you turn around, what you see. And while the spirit of the people is amazing, you also see um, how much people depend on the hope and the help of others. And so I got involved with the 52 Kids Foundation and did that work going back and forth to Uganda for several years. And then about four years ago, I wanted to expand the work of that organization. That's a very micro-focused organization that sponsors the education of 52 children. And as those kids were getting older, I knew that we could expand our scope. And I also wanted to do some work in the U.S. It was important to me not just to work in a developing country, but also to uh, do something for our middle school students in uh, Vermont and in the United States. So that's how I got started. Incredible. So that's been about a decade now then, right? Yes. You've been doing this. That's amazing. So is it just you that operates the foundation now or how does your team work? How does it all go together? 
Well, we have a team that works uh, on the ground in Uganda. So we work with local um, NGOs, non-government organizations in Uganda. And so we have a team of about five people that work there uh, through or an organization called Capita. And we still do our ongoing work with the 52 Kids Foundation. It was very important to me that we work from the inside out. And that's actually one of the um, founding principles of the foundation is that we don't want to come in from the outside and say this is what we think people need we want it to rise from within the communities so some of the work that we do is we sponsor women's economic development groups everything we do we want people to be able to support themselves so through education we are teaching women how to start micro businesses uh, we're giving them startup loans. They're getting education into how to have a successful business. And then uh, with our leadership conferences in the United States, we're teaching middle school students leadership skills. And I think what's unique about our organization is we connect the kids in the United States with the kids in Uganda. So when we have our Empower Youth Leadership Conferences, um, we do a Skype and the kids have a conversation back and forth. So we're teaching those global leadership skills. That's incredible. You're moving many different parts around the globe, not just, you know, in those developing countries, but here at home, which is so important. So how do you garner support for all of these initiatives? You know, as just one person, it must be tricky to find partners. How are you getting the help that you need? So we do have some uh, for our programs in the United States. We've been very fortunate to be able to write and get grants, uh, education grants that focus on supporting social and emotional learning for kids. Uh, we, have, we have local businesses, which have been fantastic, um, giving us small amounts of money, but helping us with those donations get going. And it's really just, you know, friends and family people tapping into their network. So we always say that small steps make a big difference. Uh, we're a small organization, but we've been able to do a lot with a little. Our money goes very far in Uganda. Uh, we've had kids in our elementary schools in the United States do something we call a future walk where they do some fundraising for us every year. They've been able to help schools in Uganda um, have renovations, schools that are literally crumbling. So that's been a great connection. But it's a little bit here and there, always, ta as you know, always tapping into uh, friends and family and seeing if we can kind of make that go viral. You know, small donations, we think over time, make a big impact. So true. And for all of you listeners out there, um, I am a proud supporter of the Children's Legacy Partnership for both my business and also my second business, The Small Town Social, which is an all-female networking group that I started here in Pinehurst, North Carolina to consciously connect women from all walks of life, which now serves almost a thousand women locally. And we have made it our mission to also give back to the Children's Legacy Partnership. My mom, has this fun way of saying that you can put the fun in fundraising. So that's kind of what we've done with Small Town. We've made t-shirts and sweatshirts, and every time that we sell them, all of the money goes directly to the foundation to support them. So we do that a couple times a year. And then in my business, I give back as I can when I do certain course launches or programs 
where I have that income coming in that I can happily share. So that brings me to my next point. We talk a lot, I know, in our personal conversations, knowing that you are my sole business mentor, we talk a lot about this stuff. But for all of the listeners out there who are totally new to this and maybe hearing it for the first time, why is giving back like that good for business? So for many years, I had businesses. I had a fitness business, um, an antique and home furnishings business, and up until four years ago, a marketing uh, company. And so in addition to teaching, um, but I always felt that giving back made a connection. So whether you're a mom and pop store or somebody that works virtually, I think when you make a commitment to a community to give back, you cement yourself as a caring member of that community. And people do business with those that they know, like, and trust. And I think when you show that you are committed to giving back to the community, that speeds that level of trust with potential customers. And I always felt that was important to um, have a planned giving where you Mm. identify a way to give locally, but also globally. I'm all about global citizenship. I think nothing has illustrated that more than, you know, these current times with the coronavirus is that we are one global community and our actions affect others and we all are connected. But I think that, you know, waiting until sometimes I always thought like, oh, maybe you have to wait until you make a lot of money to give back. Uh, But you can make a big impact with a little bit of money. And that commitment really shows in the community that you're in. Yeah, it really does. And I mean, there are so many different ways you can give. That's what I love. It's maybe you can't give a monetary donation, but you can volunteer your time and your energy and your efforts to contribute. And that makes a huge impact. And what I do want to say, back to the point about giving back is good for business. It's also another fantastic form of social proof, you guys. You know, it's, it's not just fluff and feel good stuff. If you give back, you should make this prominent on your website somewhere. It should be on your LinkedIn profile, your social media channels. That is another fantastically effective way to build your personal brand and further create that um, level of trust that Mary's talking about here. It really impacts how consumers see your business and it reduces that hesitation that they have in working with you because it's humanizing you more because of that trust factor. So It's a huge, huge deal, and we both highly recommend it. So what success stories could you share with us, I guess, from what support you've already received? Like, what does that look like inside of CLP? We have uh, two women in particular who we have seen grow over the years. Uh, One is named Miria. The last time I went to Uganda, she had... She had started out with this small, what's called a stall in a trading post where she was just selling some fry bread and some small items. And then when we went the last time, she had uh, her, her small storefront, a trading post, which is this place where all these communities come together. It's a highly traveled area in Kamula, Uganda. She had added a little cooler where she was selling ice cream. She was selling uh, all kinds of things that were necessities for the community. And it was amazing to see the difference just in her whole outlook in life. 
She had gained confidence. She was now able to support her children going to school, so she didn't need to rely on outside donations. Um, and just the smile on her face from ear to ear, she was so proud to show us her accomplishments. So she was one of our first members, and she's been growing that business over the last five years. And the same with a woman called Sarah, who's an older woman who started out cooking. That was her strength. So she cooked and made lunchtime meals in the same trading post and served them to the, the workers, people that were out working in construction or whatever. And then she was able to also build that. So the number of meals that she was serving every day started to grow and grow and grow. She was able to add a little, the equivalent of a little cafe next door where people could sit and have their meal. And again, she was so proud of the, the growth in her business and her, how much she had learned about business, you know, and the money you put out versus the money that comes in. Mm -hmm. And again, she's another mom, single mom, that was able to support her own children through school fees going to school. That's incredible. I love hearing the the different angles of how that support impacts, you know, just one person and, and then it kind of waves out into the entire community. It's, it's not just that they're receiving money and funds, they're learning something. And the fact that it's impacting them psychologically in a positive way is, is monumental. Um, that confidence takes them so far in life, you know, when you're living in, such a way it can really get I would imagine be really hard and you know that confidence means the world and to know that others are there supporting you is huge and speaking of of tough times I know that we're in one right now with the coronavirus so how is that impacting these communities abroad that you're working with it has to be just awful Absolutely. So while we usually do what I call development work, we don't normally do emergency relief work. We're set up to, you know, really look, do research and look in communities and see what people need to grow so they can live without aid. But what has happened with the coronavirus outbreak is that uh, one good thing Uganda did was they shut their borders right away, instituted a travel ban, which has decreased the spread of the disease. But in Uganda, especially the rural areas, the problem that this is having is that people now do not have any access to food. So this is, they are now going into their fifth week and families are really starting to suffer. They don't have the social programs that we have in Uganda, such as you know food banks and government funds and um, unemployment insurance. So literally people were working one day, stopped the next day, are not even able to move around and get food. So we are seeing people that are starting to have the severe effects of malnutrition and starvation. Mm -hmm. So how, how can we help them? I know um, how we can help you otherwise with monetary donations, but um, what are you looking for right now that's helping them the most? Is it still those monetary donations? what can we do? It's absolutely monetary donations. So we have our team in Uganda who has put together a plan. They've identified this need. They've put together a plan where we'll provide immediate food relief for about 300 
families. So that translates into about 1,500 people overall. And so uh, these families will be getting a package of cornmeal, sugar, salt, uh, beans. We're also putting together soap and cleaning and sanitation supplies to help limit the spread of the disease. They are starting an initiative to be able to sew uh, face masks so that people will have those to limit the spread of the disease. Uh, but yes, what we need to do is raise money very quickly. We're able, because we're a small organization, because we have the uh, structure in place in Uganda, as soon as the money is raised, we're able to get that um, right over to Uganda. They are able to go right to the um, markets and get the food and to be able to distribute those to families. So there's a very quick turnaround on that, but about, $30 will feed a family for a month. And yeah, absolutely monetary donations are what we need right now. Wow. So $30 can feed one family for an entire month. So I know you said it, but can you just repeat what that includes? It was the cornmeal. What was it? All of those things that you sure. mentioned? So we're putting together a packet that will supplement families. So it's cornmeal. Uh, we're the families will make uh, porridge for the morning of that, and then this it'll make this um, substance called posho that people eat, and beans, and then sugar to make the food a bit more palatable, and salt that'll help with the cooking, and also uh, bar soap and um, other sanitation supplies so people are able to clean. We're looking at putting hand hand washing stations at the borehold which are the wells where people have to communally come to pump their water every day to survive uh, so we're looking at all the places where diseases could pass and then we're educating people especially based on what we've learned about disease spread in the u.s with this virus we're trying to pass that along we're really trying to get ahead of the curve we know that if this disease spreads rapid rapidly in Uganda, it will be devastating uh, for a few reasons. One is that people already have compromised immune systems because of the food insecurity. Uh, they have compromised immune systems uh, from repeatedly having diseases such as malaria and other immune diseases, and they don't have access, readily have access to healthcare. So while we were getting ventilators over here, that really won't be an option large scale over there. Uh, people just don't have, there just aren't the doctors or the resources or the electricity to be able, even able to run those. Um, and most people have to pay ahead of time to get medical care. Uh, so those, those, uh, that, all those things make it more difficult for them if this disease spreads rapidly. Wow, that is breathtaking. Yeah, because you guys, this, we're talking just about a small community within Africa, right? It's Kamuli. It's not just that, you know, Uganda is a big city. It's a big area and there's a lot going on there. But when you, you know, pull the lens out, you zoom out, there are all of these smaller communities that are so disconnected and they don't have access to everyday things that they need, you know, during normal times. But then you throw a pandemic on top of that and it totally jeopardizes their way of life. So, just for reference, you guys, this money, this $30 buys food for a month for these families. And that's not rice and beans. I was talking to my mom yesterday and she said that rice is literally too expensive at what, a, a dollar something? 
yeah, them to get? Probably, it's yeah, too expensive. I'm not sure what the um, I, you know the kilograms to to pounds conversion, um, but yes, that is considered a luxury at this point. That's that's incredible, and it's, I mean, it's just heartbreaking. And when you think about, they're doing all that they can to now they're if their auto, you know, their immune systems are already jeopardized because of their living conditions. Now they're having to change their living conditions even more with, you know, these, this new way of eating and this new way of life. It's really going to impact them greatly if this thing takes off over there. So we need to do everything that we can to support Children's Legacy Partnership right now and all of those in Kamuli and um, beyond who are struggling. It matters so much. We, if we're all in this together, then we need to all be in this together. You know, it's not just us as Americans, it's worldwide. We're all human. So I really wanted to stress that fact that anything that you can do to give back right now is going to make a huge difference in the world. So another question I had was, how do you guys determine like who gets what and um, how do you distribute that stuff? So what does the process look like? You, you get the donation and then what happens and how does it all work? Well, luckily I'm in close communication with our team. We had an hour and a half Zoom meeting yesterday on a Sunday um, trying to work out all these details. We want to make sure that we get the resources to the people that are most in need. And we also don't want to create a situation where we're having hundreds of people congregating in one spot. Um, hmm. So what we are doing is um, with our community connections, we have people that are working with the local, what are called council people. And so they are going out into the communities, <clears throat> excuse me, and they're identifying the people that are most needy. And so we are really doing kind of a triage at this point. You know, who are the families that are most needy, making lists and identifying those. And then as we get more funds, uh, we will then spread our giving out to more, to more communities, to more families. If this goes on longer than, you know, whatever we can provide the month, two months, three months, we will continue to do whatever we can to raise money to send over there, but we have a really targeted uh, way of going about identifying the families that are most in need. That's really important to us. Yeah, it's so important. And that's the kind of area that I think a lot of people don't see or don't understand. You know, anyone can give money to a cause, but where's your money actually going? Who's taking care of it? How are you absolutely certain that it's getting from A to B? And we know that with CLP, it, it does. You guys have a fantastic team. It's truly incredible, the work that you've done. So what I do want to leave off on is saying that, and I'll, I'll put all of this in the podcast description, you guys, but you can donate at ourclp.org slash donate. And if you are not able to financially support the foundation with a monetary donation, then the best thing that you can do is share their content on social media, follow them on social media. I'll put those links here as well. Um, Mom, is there anything else that you wanted to say before we stop here? Yeah, well, I... Uh, you know, what we really need beyond, you know, one person giving is um, people really spreading that information, as you said, with their networks. 
And not only just sharing it, but, you know, and this is really going to get people out of their comfort zone. It gets me out of my comfort zone. Um, but if you, if you can give, great. If you can't give, you might know somebody else who can give. So maybe you can identify five or 10 of your friends and you can ask them by putting up a little script on our um, blog post, which will be coming out probably the end of today, our newest blog post, some kind of talking points. But if people can really connect by asking for donations themselves, that's what's going to help us really have that, uh, that impact of being able to raise more money as fast as possible. Time is really mm. important here. Like people don't have weeks to wait. As we usually do, we have a planned fundraising um, strategy that we use. And so this is a bit different for us, but it's kind of that ripple effect where, you know, one person can connect their networks and so on and so on. And so we can spread that. I hate to say use the word virally in this climate, mm -hmm. um, but that's really what we need to do. Got and it. people will get to see the results of their giving. You'll get a personal thank you note from me. You'll get our newest newsletter. You'll get to see right on Facebook the results of your giving. You know, we have uh, pictures that will be coming in. We have video. So 100% of every donation goes right to our programs. It does not go to administration or fundraising um, campaigns or anything. 100% of the money goes uh, to, to our fundraisers, to write to our program recipients. And yesterday when I was on our meeting with people in Uganda, I said, you know, things are tough in the U.S. And so people I'm asking, family and friends and coworkers, like I feel a huge responsibility for every dollar that's raised, that money is going and having the biggest impact. And so they know that too, that people are struggling in the U.S. And so they are very appreciative of everything that we can give them. And it also gives them hope that they know that people in the world haven't forgotten them and that other people care. Definitely. It's so true. And like you said, 100% of the donations go to those in need. And time is really of the essence right now. It's so important. This thing is really moving at a speed that we can barely keep up with. So getting ahead of this curve over... Um, and Uganda and Africa is going to be huge. It's going to be literally life-changing for these people. So do what you can to spread awareness. Text your friends, email your friends. Like Mary said, get out of your comfort zone. The worst anyone can say is not right now. So we would so appreciate that from all of you. Um, and what I do want to leave off on um, is you have this quote on your website that I've always loved. So I'm going to share that. We exist temporarily through what we take, but we live forever through what we give. And I think now more than ever, that means the most. So mom, thank you so much for being my first guest. I hope I did this right. <laughs> um, and like I said, you guys, I will be putting all the information for the Children's Legacy Partnership in the description so that you know exactly where to go and how to help. Thank you so much for tuning into the Brandon Bloom podcast. I will see you next time.
Did that go by too fast? No worries. You can always find me over at elizabethfleming.com. That's E-L-I-S-A-B-E-T-H-F-L-E-M-I-N-G.com. For more information about my programs and how to take your learning further with me, there's also a free marketing checklist that you can get your hands on right now if you'd like. So head over to elizabethfleming.com for more. And if you loved this episode, I would love it if you left a review in return. It helps so much. So tell your friends about it. If you want to share it on social, the official show hashtag is Brandon Bloom Pod. And you can also tag me everywhere. I'm at Ms. Liz Fleming. That's M-S-L-I-Z-F-L-E-M-I-N-G. Everywhere on social media. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next time.